we're going to have some more great time today. How many are ready for the Word of God? The Bible says it's through the foolishness of preaching men come to repentance. That's funny. It calls, like we think of like preachers of the gospel, like it's really a cool thing. The Bible says it's through the foolishness of this thing we think is really cool that men come to repentance. And so we have some amazing gifted speakers in the house, and we're, we're preparing for the future in every way possible besides renovations, besides plans and things that we have in the works. We're also training people and releasing people to have authority to impact the culture of this house. One of those people is Hank. Hank carries a special anointing on his life. He gets, he prophes- How many have ever been prophesied over by Hank? Like if, if you've talked to him, he's probably prophesied over you. It's just, he's a prophesied over myself. Uh, there's just this thing that comes out of him that as he's speaking, as he, as he connects to you, God gives him prophetic insight. And a lot of times it's very specific movie-like pictures and things that you can easily apply to your life. And so um, I've, I've gotten to know Hank over the last 10 years. I really respect you as a man of God, someone who who they live the life, they, they, they go after God, they teach their kids right. And so it's, it's an honor to share the pulpit with you and to have you preach for us today. So would you give Hank a welcome as he comes up? Yep. Yeah, thank you, Hank. You want it right here in the middle? Oh, yeah, I, no, wherever you want to put it. I literally just, Jared just literally gave me a word about using a movie. <laughs> just a minute ago, I was like, yes, that's my language. Um, yeah, let me do this real quick. Whoa. All right. Good morning. Ah, <laughs> oh, um, Ash is, my wife's passing around my notes. Uh, I'm, uh, uh, I don't know, I, that's, uh, for those of y'all have heard me before, this is my process. I, I, I used to do uh, basic A, B, C, D, one, two, three notes. And uh, I had a friend who would always do that, always did notes. I love it. And then I realized, I, I don't know, this is more my process. I do pictures. <laughs> I'm uh, a little more... Um, kindergarten, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so it's been fun preparing for this. Uh, I get to just talk about Jesus today. Um, I'm looking forward to this because I don't know. Um, over this past well, several years or so, I've been really getting to know Jesus and enjoy him and uh, uh, have interactions with him that are personal and life-giving. And um, let me just give you guys a little bit. Actually, you know what? Let me stop real quick here. Let me pray real quick. Um, If y'all can pray for me too, Lord Jesus. uh, I don't know why I've been nervous this week, so get rid of it. I'm talking to my friends. Lord, just help me out. I pray that everyone here would receive from you and get to enjoy you. Yeah, let us enjoy you today in Jesus' name. All right, so my, my notes real quick here, I, it, they are numbered on my boxes there. I guess I could do a PowerPoint, but that's not fun. Um, and uh, in the center is going to be number one, and it kind of does, like, go to the left and goes up and around and back down to the left-hand corner and across. So they're numbered, so uh, I'll say what number I'm on just to kind of give you guys some uh, some context. I may not even use most of it, but um, anyway, so let's... Uh, let's jump in. Okay, so uh, when uh, I first came to Christ, um, I, I was uh, 17, turning 18 years old. It was it was incredible, and uh, I stepped into uh, just 
learning how to love Jesus, you know, um, and, and it was, I don't know, just it was, it was uh, mostly read your Bible and uh, uh, try to evangelize, um, which is all very, very good stuff. And I would, but I would read the Bible and read the Bible and read, read the Bible. And I'd be like, when does the cool stuff begin to happen? <laughs> you know, when does, uh, when do I get to have the connections that the people of the Bible had uh, today? And, 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 and all the groups, and I feel like across most, uh, most groups that are out there, they're, they're going to say the phrase, um, it's not religion, it's relationship, right? Raise your hand if you've heard that before. It's not religion, it's relationship. Yeah, again, and it, it makes sense. It's very biblical because, I mean, God so loved the world. Uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor yourself. Love is an incredibly relational term, very intimate, and uh, that makes sense. But again, I, I wanted more. <laughs> I wanted a lot more. And uh, I had a friend one day, uh, had a, he, he just talked to me. I'm sorry, he was just talking about certain situations, and he would say, oh, God told me to do this. God told me to do that. And I had to pause and just go, stop. <laughs> you hear from God? He's like, yeah just casually. And I was like, I want to, I want to do that. And cause I've been reading the Bible. I'm like, I've been learning, I'm see Paul just go to and fro and hearing God and doing this and not doing that because he's actually communion, having communion with the Lord. And I don't know. I just refused to believe that it, that stuff stopped. The Bible stuff stopped and it like, it's real. It's gotta be real. And so he began to teach me how to hear the Lord's voice. And it was incredible. Uh, there was a, a it was exhilarating because I would, spend time with the Lord and, 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 and get information from him um, and, and just go do that thing. And my faith would explode. And then I was like, oh, what's the next thing, Lord? And I go do that thing. And my faith would explode. And uh, it got to the point, and I'm going to use a lot of imagery today, so just bear with me, okay? Um, and a lot of this imagery is just me in my mind's eye. I'm not seeing like open visions and that kind of stuff. This is just my inner dialogue with God. And um, and it got to the point where I would see this kind of empty room with a chair in the corner. So imagine this is the corner over here. And the Holy Spirit was just kind of sitting there reading the book. And he had all these little signs with him. And the ones that, I, I used, that he used the most were yes and no. And I'd be like, Holy Spirit, would I do this? And he'd, he'd just go, yes or no, yes and no. And he just keep on reading his book. Do I go here or there? And he'd just arrow this way, arrow that way. And just, just keeps popping it up, popping it up. And... I, I realized he was kind of bored and I, I, this morning I was thinking about that. I I think I may have began to just stop and go, what do you think? And he looks up from his book, the smiles, goes back down to the book and okay, all right. And then I was like, what are you reading? Ah, he puts the book down and then it begins. I begin to actually want to know what he thought, what, what was going on in his mind, what was going on in his, his processes. And I, I realized the yes and the no's and the arrows came about from that. And I was like, wow, okay, I'm not coming to you anymore for just information, okay, which is easy to do. It's so easy to go to the Lord for just information and give me direction. Who am I going to marry? Where am I going to go to school? Where am I, where am I going to get a job at? Uh, uh, everything, all those things. Do I buy or sell? Do I, what do I do, Lord? You know, and I realized that came even in the midst of me beginning to ask him about what's on his heart. You know, again, like, hey, I don't I mean, I guess he reads books. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I kind of made them all. Um, but um, 
and and so it began to become alive. Um, and so there's so many verses out there uh, that talk about knowing him. I love the one I gave you right there in the center. Uh, I know my own and my own know me. Talking about the good shepherd there. Uh, he goes even uh, uh, the, the more stingy one out of Matthew 7. Uh, it's the people saying, you know, did we not prophesy or cast out demons and do miracles in your name? And he says, away from me. I never knew you. And every, every so often I'll, get, I'll hear a pastor or a minister talk about that. And all of a sudden it's kind of a gut check. It's like, whoa, do I know you? Do I, do I know you? <laughs> you know, I mean, because you'll come across those people who, who really know the Lord and in conversation and like, their lives are led to and fro, all these wonderful things and the miracles happen left and right. It's like, gosh, do I even know you? Do I even know you? And, um, and I, in my, I mean, over the years, I've had some confidence in, in trying to hear the Lord. So I'll just ask, Lord, do I know you? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, good. <laughs> and then life goes on. And um, I've... <laughs> It's very interesting. I, I drew a picture, kind of a cheesy cartoon picture of Jesus. He had his hands open like this. And the world has a very, actually, let's say the religious. The religious have a very interesting view of Jesus. And, I mean, if you just, uh, here, here's your homework right now, or now work, is Google Jesus real quick and click on images. Just So while you're listening to me, pull out phones. Google Jesus real quick, and then click on images. All right, it's hard to see. I'm, I really have a hat on, so I don't get blinded. Um, but, and then just scroll down. It's kind of weird. You have these ancient, like, Roman Greek pictures of Jesus giving this sign, whatever this is. Uh, I'm sure it means something. I don't know. Um, uh, some of them, it's, he's like this, he's holding his hands open. You know, some of them, he's really skinny. Uh, some of them, um, it's all, I, I don't know. It's just, you just scroll through it. You're like, what is it? It's like, is that who you are? It's, and, you know, Jesus was a real person. He was a real man. He was a, let's go middle of the road, five foot nine Jewish man. Okay. He was a real man. He is a real man. He still is. He's a, He's a normal Jewish person. He cannot be in all places at, at all times. He, he, he submitted himself to be a man. So he is a real man. He is fully God. Yes. He's also fully man. Just read the Nicene Creed. He is, he is fully all that. And often we put him in this fully God sense where we have this, you know, the picture of the halo around his head and uh, or just read the book of Revelation, too. He's got white hair and blazing fire eyes. And we have this as this um, very distant view of Jesus. Um, and, and, and again, it's not I'm not saying it's bad to think of him as holy. You know, it's not bad to think of him as fully God. That is a great to spend an entire 10 years of your life meditating on that. Do it. Go for it. Run with it. But I'm also looking over here, that he was also fully man. And what I want to do today is, is introduce you guys a, a Jesus that actually had a personality. Okay, I want to introduce you Jesus who was a real man who did things. And it, what's gonna, what I want to do is give you a courage to just have more access to him, to approach him. Okay, so when Jesus died on the cross, he, 
Well, the, the atmosphere changed, everything went dark, um, uh, earthquakes happened, and uh, the temple, the, the very center of the Jewish faith, um, had, a, had a, uh, a veil, a big massive curtain, a really super thick curtain that blocked people from going in the Holy of Holies. Okay. And I'm sure maybe you read about that. If not, again, but it was, there's only one person a year could go there. They had to put a rope around the guy and he went in and did the wrong thing. The dude would die. Okay. Uh, if he touched the, uh, uh, the Ark of the Covenant, I mean, in the wrong way, he would die. Uh, pretty intense situation. And I can imagine being the person having that rope on you. You're like, <laughs> okay, here we go, you know, and like, wait, did I forget to do this? Did I forget to do that? And did I, t you know, cross all my T's and dot my I's and you go in and next thing you know, you're being drugged out of there, you know, and it's like, whoa, I did it wrong. Okay. Jesus dies on the cross and whoa, it's, it just splits in half. There, the, the religious veil that existed that kept people from access to God has now been split and Jesus split it. Jesus split it. He's like, you got access now. In fact, the temple became in us. So he goes up into heaven. He sends the Holy Spirit out. And now we have access to Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Awesome. Again, I'm not teaching anything new here. This is all good stuff. But again, what I wanted to do is the access. What does that mean? The religious spirit, if you want to call it that, the, uh, that veil kind of thing. The religious spirit is what killed Jesus. I'm going to toss that out there. So the Pharisees. If you look into the Pharisees, they were the ones who wanted to go out and kill Jesus. In fact, he healed somebody on the Sabbath, and they wanted to kill him. You're like, whoa. That's, that's intense. Uh, again, um, and I guess you watch TV today. People, you know, they're like, anyways, you take over the world or something like that. Then you're like, well, yeah, let's kill the guy. You know, I'm not saying that's good. I'm just saying but like, they, there's, there's a lot more intense stuff. But these, these Pharisees are wanting to kill Jesus based off of a very religious action that he broke. And um, what I want to share, you, share with you is how to break the religious spirit. Um, and the way you break it is knowing the true Jesus, the real Jesus. The five foot, let's go 10, let's go higher. <laughs> five foot 10 Jesus, he's growing. Uh, and what religion does is it keeps you away from Jesus. It keeps you at a distance. You have to, religious says, you, you have to do these things, performance. You have to do these things to get to Jesus. Religion says, hey, you gotta talk to this person first before you get to Jesus, okay? Uh, religion says, uh, you have to act this way, dress this way, okay, before you can present yourself to Jesus. You have to clean yourself up. Got to quit smoking, got to quit this, got to quit that, got to quit this before you can meet with Jesus. And again, religious spirit, that is the thing that wanted to kill Jesus, okay? That is also the thing that Jesus was most upset about, okay? It's the thing that um, he uh, uh, flipped over all the tables in the temple Okay, is the, is, is he was attacking in the religious spirit. He called the religious people that day vipers, hypocrites, uh, uh, sons of hell. That was one of them. Actually, the disciples of the, were the sons of hell. And I mean, this is like a very aggressive language. It's one of those ones I'm sure, uh, well, even Peter. He says uh, to Peter, um, Satan, get behind me. Whoa. I, 
we think of Jesus, we look at Jesus in that moment. I, I like to kind of look at Jesus or uh, Peter's face. He's probably just like, oh, what did I say? What did I do? He had probably had no idea what he was doing in that. But again, he had partnered with the religious spirit and Jesus was incredibly aggressive. So the religious spirit wanted to kill Jesus and Jesus was most uh, uh, active uh, towards uh, like being rebuking the religious spirit. So again, the way to battle this is to know the true Jesus. Okay. Um, so this beginning of this year, uh, I, I just graduated from, from grad school and uh, a long two and a half years was hard. It was very, very, very hard. And um, Ashley and I are, excuse me, are both in grad school. And uh, oh, we're, we have three kids, all, all, are, all under the age of six. Uh, we studied our faces off hundreds of hours at coffee shops typing, uh, very exhausting. And... Um, I, it was a beating. It was a beating, and I didn't realize I, it was. A, it was. A, um, I was at a seminary, so I'm actually like doing stuff that actually is focused on Jesus, uh, but it was exhausting. It was exhausting, and uh, I graduated in December. I was like, yay! And but I didn't feel it. I, I, I verbally said it, but yeah, I didn't feel it whatsoever. And uh, each beginning of the year, I asked the Lord, like, what do I, what do I do? And He says, recover your heart. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize I was my heart was like gone or whatever. Uh, I read a, uh, uh, something uh, recently and it says, uh, a life lived without the heart is not a life worth living. And, and again, the way the Lord told me to recover my heart was very casual. And, I, and reading those things, I'm like, okay, I need to gain my heart back. What do I do? And, and so uh, I've, I've done this before and what I would do is clear everything off my table, my worry table, my agenda table, and I would take Jesus, he was a foot tall, and put him at the center of the table and focus only on Jesus. I mean, just get rid of everything. And that's all I did. And I began to meet with Jesus, and we would just, I would close my eyes in the mornings or whatever I'd do it, not ask any questions, and just hang out with Jesus. And I would read the word and I'd be really slow in it. <laughs> uh, maybe just one verse. And just hang, like, I'm not having a conversation. I'm going to hang out with Jesus and let, and let him build the conversation. Okay. So this is where his personality jumps in. And I'm going to kind of give you guys some, some um, human side of Jesus. Okay. He's the most human human that's ever lived. Okay. He's more human than you are. Okay. And, and I want to talk about the human Jesus and let it come alive. And, uh, so let's dip into these seven or eight different uh, angles and to, to show you how you can know Jesus. Kind of fun to say Jesus a lot today. It's cleansing. All right. I'll get to the crab in a minute. All right. Jesus was playful. I don't know if you've ever had moments with Jesus where you felt playful, but he was playful. Let me bring you to a moment real quick here. So I'm in box number two. Okay, Jesus after his resurrection. Okay, so he comes out of the tomb and you think that he would have this massive coronation parade. This beautiful, like, yeah, Jesus, like, you know, not, not just a donkey. He's coming on white horses and stuff and everyone cheering him. But one of the first things he, or the second thing or third, I can't remember exactly, was he goes and eats breakfast with his buddies. Okay, I don't know if you remember the scene. Okay, so Jesus... Uh, 
I'm sorry, uh, Peter and all the disciples, you know, what do, what do guys do when they, they, they've lost heart? <laughs> they go fishing, right? So they go fishing and they catch nothing. Uh, apparently, like, they're, they're almost naked on the boat for some reason. I guess that's a normal for fishermen back then. And uh, Jesus walks up on the shore and he says, catch anything? <laughs> that's what fishermen people talk to each other. I don't fish. So, I'm, I mean, that's what I would probably ask. And I'm sure that's like the most hateful, you know, like, catch anything? Like, whatever. And you know, I can see the disciples like, what? Who, who is this guy? And Jesus says something. He goes, cast your nets on the other side. They've been fishing all night long. But you got to remember, okay, so, and this is John 21. Back at the very beginning when Jesus calls the disciple, Luke 5, he says the same thing. He says, cast your net to the other side. Okay, that was three years before. Okay, so here are the disciples. Jesus has died. They're all very, very sad. All of a sudden they hear the words, cast your net to the other side. And their attendance goes up. They look over. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. Like, think of, think of those moments when you got buddies who say something. And it reminds you of that one thing that happened years ago. It's that connection. You're like, I love it. I love it. We used to tell my, uh, uh, my friends and I, uh, when we had problems, we would say, hey, you're going to live forever. I'm like, my problems are a whole lot smaller now. Okay, cool, thanks. But we would say it to each other all the time that as an encouragement. And this is 15 years ago. And we'll, we'll end up, like, I got friends who, uh, uh, it's just all over the world, uh, doing all kinds of amazing things. And, and we'll say it to each other to encourage you to, hey, you're going to live forever. And we're like, we go back to that 15 years ago when we used to say it a lot. And so Jesus says, cast your net to the side. And the next thing you have is when you have Peter, which I love this, he just just forced gumps it uh, into the water. Uh, I don't know if you remember the movie Forrest Gump when Forrest Gump solves Captain uh, Dan, Captain Lieutenant Dan. Here we go, Lieutenant Dan. Sorry, it's been a while. And so he just jumps into the water and swims at him. So Peter does that, and uh, the scene goes to them eating breakfast on the beach. I don't know. I just, I love that because they're just hanging out. They're doing what they did for three solid years. The Bible is a lot of the highlights. Jesus is in the in-between. He's also there too. Think of the hundreds of hours in front of a campfire. Think of the hundreds of hours of walking to a place and having conversation. Think of the hundreds of hours of, of talking to Jesus after that moment. Like, what happened? And then seeing Jesus, like, smile and laugh about it. You know, like, that happened. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I did. Okay, so they're, they're around the campfire, and uh, fishermen do what fishermen do. And it's, uh, they're like, we're, we're having fun with Jesus. And we're like, we got to count it. we got to count the fish. And then as one of the guys walked back to the fish, Jesus kind of, you know, takes out some fish, some tilapia or something. He has 153. And as the guys are about to count the fish, they're like, Jesus, you're right. Okay, we don't need to count those. We're going to sit back and hang, hang out with Jesus. Okay, uh, Jesus knew the number. He used it because he wanted to hang out with the buddies. And it was this really intimate buddy moment. And it, But they just kind of laughed about it, just the jokingly laughing stuff. Um, I love the moment when, when, when the tax collector says, hey, aren't you going to pay taxes, uh, the temple tax? And Jesus tells Peter to go fish. Hey, go grab a fish. And I'm sure Peter runs off like, what if I don't catch a fish? <laughs> like he goes off and fishes and he pulls out and he, I, I can you imagine Peter's face when he pulls the tax out of the fish's mouth. 
and just the giant grin on his face. Just the, oh, man. Oh, this is great. So he takes it back. They pay the temple tax. And afterwards, you can see Jesus just grabbing, his, grabbing Peter and just saying, ah. <laughs> just, I'm going to tell this to my friends forever. This is, this is awesome. I'm sure every time after that, I'm, most fish, I'm sure Peter looked at the mouth. I would. <laughs> Every single fish after that, you're like, nope, okay. <laughs> you never know. I was like, I love this story. Um, he is playful. Jesus is, is playful. Um, I'm going to tell your story real quick, if that's okay. Jason, the other day we were out, out eating with everybody after church, and, and Jason tells the story uh, about... He's on in traffic, and this guy cuts him off in traffic. Bad, bad cutoff, like a really ugly bad cutoff. And uh, Jason just, you know, slams on the horn and just honk, <laughs> sort of. Uh, and he had an older truck. Is it the current truck you have now or an older truck? An older truck. Okay, it's an older truck, but the horn sticks. And it, it's just honk and like it just goes and goes and goes how long did it go for a good while a good while probably yeah so i mean I, I'm, let's say 30 minutes i mean i don't know if you're just driving down the road 30 minutes of a horn just going and going and or even even five minutes doesn't matter like five minutes i'm surprised the guy didn't come out with a crowbar and just smash your windshield and i mean like i was like he just sat there he's like I, I mean, I, my initial honk was genuine. This is not genuine anymore. And I can just imagine Jesus just laughing, <laughs> laughing, just chuckling. Uh, that it's just, I don't know, like moments like that. The other day, I think I, I told you all this, um, I can't remember when. Uh, so I, I work on a second floor, I'm a school teacher, and uh, a, crane, a crane was doing it, but I saw a porta potty just floating up in front of my window. Like I'm on the second floor, I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> I was like, that's my humor. And it's just Jesus winking at me. Um, the crab. So the other day I was spending time with Jesus. Again, what I'm trying to do, good guys, is to give you guys the humanness of Jesus, the playfulness, the, the reality that he is human. And, and you go to connect with him, to actually smile, to actually smile with Jesus. Uh, my wife, Ashley, she talks about how counselors, you have to train what your face looks like when someone tells you something. Um, now, I don't know if you have ever noticed that, like when people's you don't realize what kind of face is on you, like you're not smiling or you're kind of zoned off or maybe you're drooling or something. Um, but when people talk about Jesus, what's on your face? Yeah. Do you have the same, this may hurt, sorry, this hurts me when I say it. And do you have a reaction that's better than your favorite TV show? Think about that. When someone talks about a TV show that I love, I'm like, oh, I love that show. It's great. So when someone talks about Jesus, is it, are, you, are you talking about this stoic, like, get well card or a stained glass window kind of a Jesus? Or is it a Jesus that warms your heart where you get excited about a friend you're talking about who's just been a lifelong, like, oh, I love Jesus. Or, yes, hold on, let me tell you this story. It's really funny. You know, and, and are you having a connection with him? So this is one of my fun connections with Jesus. And every time I see a crowd from now on, I'm going to just think about this. The other day, I'm doing my time with Jesus. And I'm like, all right, Jesus, what do we got? Again, this is just in my mind's eye. I'm not being taken up in the spirit somewhere. And I see myself with Jesus sitting on a beach in two lawn chairs, and we're just sitting there enjoying the ocean, just beautiful ocean. I'm like, this is nice. I could sit here for a while and just enjoy this. And he, 
there's a crab that crawls up to our feet. I was like, okay. And then he just kicks it. <laughs> I'm like, you just kicked a crab. <laughs> what, what are you doing? And another one comes up. He clings. He clings. Okay, so he, no crabs are hurt in the making of this this the thing here. So not being hurt. So for I don't know five minutes in my mind, me and Jesus kick crabs, and and I had fun. And I'm I'm, I'm smiling from ear. I'm just in my house, just you know I got headphones on. I'm just listening to Jesus. I'm kicking crabs with Jesus, and it's playful. It's so fun. It's so playful. And then uh, I don't know a couple days later, uh, we're watching. Um, Angry Birds 2. Thank you, Paul. Um, Angry Birds 2. And there's a scene in there where the pigs, the pigs are the bad guys, and they drop like a whole hot air balloon load of crabs on the birds. And everyone's running around, you know, just like, like, oh my gosh, crabs, crabs. Like the pigs are trying to like just torment the, uh, the birds. And, and I didn't catch it then. I caught it a couple days later, but Jesus was like, eh, you gonna go crab kicking? I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's do it. I'm like, but the connection was there. I made a connection with Jesus that is real and human, that was something that you'd have with your friends, right? Okay, next one. I may not get through these guys, but there's a lot of really good ones in here. Jesus had a ton of fierce intention. He was intense. Okay, I just told you guys about Peter's rebuke. He rebuked Peter. Very, like, get behind me, Satan. Okay, um, and Matthew, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, uh, John 7, Matthew 12, and John 10, they wanted to kill Jesus. Jesus was a hunted man, okay? He was in enemy territory. He was fierce, okay? But he also, on the flip side, would cast out the most vile demons of the area, okay? He empties the temple because his father's house will be a house of prayer. He was intense, and so sometimes you get this Jesus that's in a very intense Jesus. Sometimes it's a one word towards you. It's like, I understand. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, understood. Let's do it. You know, uh, very powerful. Okay, so in this one, uh, the, the thing that happened with me and Jesus here, um, I just thought of this on the way to, way to, um, uh, on the way to here, um, church. Um, <laughs> There was once a time where I was in a big spiritual battle, uh, just fighting. And in, in, in my mind's eye, when I was in kind of a like an old saloon, like a bar fight kind of deal. And um, again, so I'm like, I'm battling, you know, praying for whatever it was. And then I'm, as I'm doing it, Jesus shows up behind me. Again, this is my mind's eye. And he, he has a bar stool in his hand, like this right here. He's like, let's do this, Hank. I was like, all right, cool. And so he starts just smashing, you know, <laughs> the, the bad guys with the bars. I'm like, yeah, you know, I just, I don't know. Uh, I feel like the, the Eye of the Tiger song started playing, I'm sure. Like, let's do it, Lord. Come on, let's go, let's fight. And again, he's very fierce. The next personality trait that Jesus has is he is extravagantly generous. I love this. You may see where I'm going here with a bottle of wine. Jesus' first miracle at Cana they run out of wine, and he tells them to fill up these uh, uh, jars. I don't want to call them jars because jars seem small. I can't remember how big they were. But the, the equivalent is he turned the amount of 908 bottles of water into wine. 908. So they, it's the end of the party. All of a sudden, Jesus cranks out 908 bottles of wine. 
or grape juice, however you want to, you know, <laughs> if you're, whatever, wherever you're at with that one. <laughs> but 900, and, I mean, I'm like, yes, okay. Like he is, he, he values generosity, super generous. And I don't know, that, like I want to make that like a, a thing. I want a t-shirt that says 908. Um, not like, I don't want to be a, like a wine seller, but I want to, I want to be like, Jesus is generous. <laughs> Jesus is incredibly generous. Uh, uh, the other day, again, it's what I'm getting at here. Is I want to show you guys a picture of how to connect with the human side of Jesus. Jesus, we're on the beach again, and he's like, this is my, my prayer time. And he's like, hold on a sec. He goes out, and then he has a fishing pole, fishes, brings in a tuna, and just throws it at my feet. I don't know if you know the size of tuna. Uh, at least I think they're, they could be hundreds of pounds, like huge. I'm like, I don't even eat fish. <laughs> it's, it's huge. And then I see a, a cow next to me. I was like, yeah, here, here's a cow. Like, I just put a burger. And I was like, I got a cow now. Like, holy moly. Uh, and, and, and the idea is he's generous. He's incredibly generous. He, number five, he is uh, incredibly disruptive honesty. He is the friend that will say the thing that nobody else wants to say. Yeah, but he does it in love. I want you to know that. Uh, I don't know. I, I say that to my school students all the time. Like, like kids will say, well, I'm just telling the truth. I'm like, it doesn't give you a reason to be a jerk, though. I mean, <laughs> love, man. Be kind. We don't say it. And Jesus was always loving. Uh, the the uh, situation out of Luke 11, Jesus walks into a Pharisee's house. This is like a high dignitary kind of a person. This is your, you know, think of like walking into the chief justice's house and call him out. You know, he's like, why don't you clean your, uh, clean your feet? I think is what it was. And, and she just says, you clean the outside of the cup, but on the inside is greed and wickedness. I mean, like, whoa, that's, that's pretty piercing. Mary and Martha. Um, Martha is the, just, just trying to be hospitable, honestly. That's what she's trying to do. Just like trying to uh, uh, get all the dishes ready, get all the food ready, and take care of everybody in the house and do and all the wonderful things for Jesus and all his disciples. And Mary's just sitting there doing nothing, just enjoying Jesus, just sitting at his feet. And um, he kind of rebukes Martha. <laughs> just, hey, Mary's doing the right thing here. She's focused on the, the right thing right now. And it's like, well, that's piercing. I mean, Jesus' time on earth was a massive three-year intervention. He was constantly saying those things that, that were incredibly honest. But yet, it's the thing we need to hear. Um, gosh, I read the other day. We, we often sacrifice what should be said at the altar of politeness. That hurt me. I'm Mr. Polite. And there's things I've not said that should have been said in love because I didn't want to break the mold of our culture or you shouldn't say that thing. Like, what if it could rescue somebody's life from hell? <laughs> what if it could rescue somebody's life um, from whatever? You know, fill in the blank. Uh, Jesus was scandalous in his freedom. He breaks the rules of men. I'm down at bottom at six. He overturns legalism like a fruit cart. He attacks racism. I love that. The woman at the well, he was not supposed to talk to her. She was a woman. She was a Samaritan. And it was the giant faux pas. And she was single. There's another one. And he was a rabbi. He wasn't supposed to talk to her because of the racism of the day. He crossed that line like it didn't exist. He was like, whatever. I'm crossing it. I love that about it. This is personality. 
He is cunning. Number seven, he gets out of booby traps all the time. He says, be shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. When they try to trap him uh, with uh, who to pay taxes to, he says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. I was like, I'm sure, like people who do that, like I'm grinning from ear to ear, like, dude, oh my gosh. That's awesome. <laughs> I just laugh like, whoa, and you could feel the tension in the air. And just like, okay, I'm going to step out of the room here. <laughs> and he, he talk, they, they, they try to trap him again. So, you know, the, uh, John the Baptist, his authority is like, from God or from men? <laughs> Jesus, um, I mean, that's, I'm sorry, that's what Jesus was saying to them. That's like, they tried to trap him, and Jesus says to the, to the Pharisees, is, and, and, like, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, we don't want to answer. Was, well, then I'm not going to answer you. You know, what authority I have, I've come from. He is humble. Oh, he's humble. Sweet humbleness. I love, I wrote this, these verses down. Daniel 7, 13 through 14. Call it the coronation of Jesus. In my vision, and this is Daniel, thousands of, I don't know how many years before, 500, 600 years before. In my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days, and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. Yet, here's Philippians 2, 5-8. He emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself. Jesus walked. Think about it. Think about that. He's omniscient. He's everywhere. He can be, I mean, God is everywhere at all times, but yet he chose to walk three days to Bethany or whatever. He chose to walk to uh, uh, everywhere. He walked. He waited in line. Jesus was about to be baptized, but he decided to wait in line. He is God <laughs> and chooses to let a man baptize him. What? I, I spent a whole day on the fact that Jesus probably ran. I was like, Jesus ran, Jesus ran. Like, I can imagine him, like, just, you know, popping, you know, Peter in the rib and just running down this, you know, like, what is he doing? Like, what's going on? You're like, he ran, he ran. He is humble enough to be like a man. He faces the giants that we're supposed to face with us. He doesn't say, go fight, have a nice day. I'll be here eating my, my grapes with people fanning me, you know, kind of thing. No, no, it's like, I'm going to do it with you. That's humble. That's, 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 that's a warrior and humble. And then love. He gives us access. He gives us access. He rips the veil and gives you access. I wrote on here, don't re-sew the veil. He has access. Don't partner with a religious spirit that takes you away from that. I encourage you guys just ask the prayer. Don't go digging, but just ask Jesus, is there anything that's keeping me from you? Have I created a veil that has distanced myself from you? You may need to clear the table and just focus on Jesus for a time. Peter jumping off the boat, the Forrest Gump jump, the great Forrest Gump jump, that's what we're going to call it now. That's love.
That's love. That's his friendship. He wanted to be, even, even after he rejected Jesus, he wanted to be with Jesus. Sopping wet, Peter didn't care, and Jesus didn't care. He hugged him. Just imagine a guy soaking wet, <laughs> just giving you a hug. You're like, hey, okay, oh, I love you. I love you. Um, let's see here. There's often times where I would sit and I would wait for the bus with Jesus in my mind. We would sit there and just throw rocks at a can. 20 minutes, 30 minutes, just, just hanging with Jesus. He would give me a bag of chips and we'd sit there eating. A lot, like, we don't talk much. <laughs> it's, a lot of times it's just me and him hanging together. As a child, I said, Lord, where, where were you as a kid? I'm like, oh, I would sit there and watch you sleep. He'd watch me play baseball. He was, the, he was the friend on the, on, the, uh, on the foul ball line, whatever, like where like he would look over the fence watching me play ball, cheering me on. Just this morning, and I'll finish up here. And again, this, is, this may sound sacrilegious, but that's kind of where I'm going out here. I'm going against the religious spirit. <laughs> just because you should just connect with the real Jesus, the true Jesus. He is true. He is real. Get rid of the one that we've made up in our heads. <laughs> and encounter the actual one that exists, the real Jesus, the, the 510 Jesus. And I'm sitting there, I'm focusing on that veil that was split down the middle. And I kind of just see myself sitting at the Holy of Holies. And I look across and I see Jesus sitting on the other side, kind of, um, uh, what's that movie? Uh, um, the Great Escape. Uh, where he's got the baseball and he's just throwing it against the wall or like the, I think, I think it's baseball, right? Yeah. And he's just throwing there and, uh, well, it was maybe not a baseball, but he just looks up at me and says, you want to play ping pong? <laughs> it's like, we're in the Holy of Holies. <laughs> and in my mind's eye, I played ping pong with Jesus in the Holy of Holies because he split the veil for relationship. He split the veils so we could have access to his love. So what does it look like? It looks like something. It's enjoyable. It's like actually enjoyable. If you're not enjoying your time with Jesus, it's about relationship. It is about connecting. And uh, anyway, so that's my prayer for you guys today. Um, I love y'all. That's kind of what comes out of this. I know Jesus, I've, I've been thinking about Jesus loving me and hanging out with me. And uh, he does the same for you guys. He loves you. And so and I love you guys. Uh, so I will end with that. Let me just pray for you guys real quick here. Lord, encourage us with easy access to you. You say that you open the kingdom to, to children. And so that we would come to you like children. And we would come just approach you with full confidence and then just have moments with you. So when someone says, what do you know about Jesus? You, we, floods of incredible memories go through our head as opposed to 2,000-year-old stories that we begin to have personal stories on top of the 2,000-year-old stories. Flood our hearts, Lord, with an actual relationship with the living God. And I pray for joy over everybody in this house. I pray for the playfulness of God to happen on everybody here. Just the playfulness that we would laugh like a horn going off for five minutes, just, just chuckling laughter. Just, I pray our bellies would hurt of the funniest things that you would do with us. And it wouldn't be religious. It would be great connection because the veil has been split. 
You did that so we can have access to your presence and enjoy you. You enjoy us. And I pray we get to enjoy you too. In Jesus' name. I invite Ash to come up and thank you guys for letting me share. Well, that was really good. In fact, I was so engaged in his stories, I forgot that I was doing this, that I was coming up. So I'd, um, usually I'm thinking about what I'm going to say, but um, oh, that was really good. That was really refreshing. Thank you, Hank. I just, um, I love, you know, being married to him because, I mean, if there's ever someone who can make things more difficult than they need to be, it's me. And so I'm so appreciative of Hank. He was like, wait, what? That's not, no, it's very simple. And a relationship with Jesus, as he just explained, is can be and should be so simple, right? I mean, he initiates and we respond, right? That's all it is. I mean, he says, I love you. And you say, I believe you and I love you too. And so I just want to invite you um, today to come up to the altar. Um, Let us pray for you, the altar team. Um, We want to pray for whatever your needs are, but we also want to just pray that you would have greater revelation of the access that you can have to Jesus, the friend that he can be to you, just like Hank talked about, that we would get to know the real Jesus, right, in the way that he always desired us to know him, Um, and in some ways that we would know ourselves better because we know who he is, right? He created us in his image. And so um, if you need healing in your body, we want to pray for you. If you've never given your life to Jesus, today is the day to do that. I mean, it is the best decision that you will ever make in your life. You will never, ever be the same living your life for Jesus and with Jesus. It's, there's nothing like it. So if you haven't done that, we would love to pray for you today. So um, come on up, come back tonight um, for Fire Life Nights. We would love to see you. Um, Elsa team, come on up. Um, whatever you need, we would love to pray.